T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick. Great show for you today. One hour from now, live in studio, will be Erie County Controller Stefan Mahailu. Of course, he was one of the possible replacements for Chris Collins uh, on the ballot for the Republican Party. Of course, that never happened. Uh, he's also been mentioned as a uh, candidate, a Republican candidate for county executive next year against Mark Polenkars. Certainly, we'll talk to him about that. Uh, joining me in the studio for that segment uh, will be Dave Graber of Channel 4 and Ryan and Whalen of uh, Spectrum uh, News' Capital Tonight program. So you'll certainly want to stay tuned for that. The first hour, however, we're going to devote to a discussion of what what happened, what transpired in America last week. I mean, it was a it was a, a week I think we'll remember for a long time, in the same way that we remember what happened in uh, October of uh, or November of 1991 when uh, Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill uh, testified before the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. Certainly, what happened this week. Um, I want to I want to welcome back to the program, however, first my uh, uh, you know itinerant uh, guest co-host uh, <laughs> Bill. Uh, Bill Conrad, Bill has been off for a couple weeks now. A couple weeks ago, he was uh, serving a one-show suspension. Correct. Uh, yeah, and uh, that was for inviting a hardline guest yep. uh, to breakfast without inviting the host, and a, he a knows that that was a bad thing. He's, accurate, he's contrite. He's repentant, um, and and he's back. He's back. Last week we Glad just to be back. last Glad week to be we back. just didn't him, but you're not co-hosting the whole program. No, nope, it's only nope, half. No, nope. you're still on probation. I'm on a trial, probation. and you're on your best behavior. Yeah, double secret probation. A I double secret. Secret probation. Yes, 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 yes. And and if he tries to uh, host a toga party here, well, perhaps in light of what we're discussing this first hour, that wouldn't be an appropriate. I, ha- I have been offered bail money after the show. Very, so, very good. Okay. Also joining me uh, in the studio, attorney Lindy Corn. Lindy has, as you may be aware, a lot of experience in sexual harassment cases. Uh, she's very much up on the law, and she's a tremendous resource. And we thank her for being here. I want to go first, however, to my other guest, uh, Dr. Jill O'Malley. Dr. Jill O'Malley is a biology professor at SUNY Erie, that which we call that institution, which we used to call ECC, but we don't call that anymore. It's SUNY Erie. She's also president of the Kenton School Board and the founder of the Kenton Closet, which provides school supplies and clothes to kids in the uh, uh, Tonawanda area. Jill, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. Let me let me just start by getting your reaction to what we all saw last week, because. I didn't watch uh, all of the hearing. I didn't see all of uh, Dr. Ford's testimony. I didn't see uh, all of the questions for Judge Kavanaugh, but I saw enough of it to have an impression. What was your impression? I guess I probably watched that with a different type of mindset. Um, wasn't really looking at it to try to figure out who was guilty or innocent. And in my mind, this was a very public display of a job interview, essentially. And, you know, I posted a question to my friends. With what you saw and directly observed, would you allow this person to be the superintendent of schools? If you were on an interview committee and this is the behavior that you were observing, 
And, uh, you know, of course, I have friends all over the place that have different views, so we've gotten a lot of different feedback. But in all honesty, it, it, I think if people are trying to draw the conclusion of who is guilty or innocent, they're losing sight of the bigger picture of what we were actually witnessing. You, so I, I think what you're saying is, based on what you saw, you can't evaluate whether uh, he said or she said, which, which, is, which is right, but based on what you saw in his opening statement and his answer to the questions the other night that he disqualified himself? Is that I, what you're arguing? Because yeah, I've heard I, that argument from other people. I don't believe he's – I am i can't impugn his work as a judge. I'm not familiar with what he's done up to this point, but I do not think he's the best. I don't think he is eligible, eligible to be one of the nine. Um, yeah. You know, just his making a comment about the left. I, I guess I lose faith that somebody can – be neutral in that position and also remain composed because you will receive death threats. You will receive pressure. And I'm not certain that he showed composure under that type of pressure that would lend me to believe he would be the best of the best. Bill, it was kind of strange opening up, uh, going after the Clintons, going after the, yeah. the Democrats. I mean, that's, that's just, you, you talk about judicial temperament. That was certainly not it. No, I, you know, you keep hearing about the who is it and what side, and you're going to absolutely view this based on your politics. You know, I have very conservative friends that believe him. I have very conservative friends that don't know. I, you know, I mean, I have very liberal friends that are saying it's, I believe her. You know, it really depends on where you are on the spectrum, where you, you fall, but I, I have to agree. This has been even more polarizing oh, than the thing, or it's an extension of what's been going on for without a couple a years now. Without a doubt. Or a couple decades. You know, I, I've heard comments from, uh, could you imagine, you know, be, that being you, Bill, you know, where you, something comes out from your past? You yeah. know what I mean, these, these conversations are happening, you know. What, Go ahead. Well, well, and it's justified. I mean, if, if, sure. if, if he didn't do any of this, uh, then, then his life has been destroyed and his family's life, as, as, as hers. Lindy, Lindy Korn, um, you know, you, you do this sort of thing. I mean, more, more sexual harassment, uh, I would assume than, than, than sexual assault that's, that's handled by prosecutors. Uh, actually, uh, there's a crossover. Most of the, I've been an attorney for 39 years. I've been hearing women's stories. And, uh, really this is about power and the abuse of power. And when you talk about sexual harassment, you yes, that's civil. But the point is, when you're taking someone's history, when you're listening to someone's story, often, in fact, most of the time, there has been either a rape or a sexual assault or an unwelcome touching, a molestation, that was somewhere between when the person was born to when they came to me. So to one of the things I think we really have to be sensitive to is there is a tremendous cry from women of all different political backgrounds, of all different educational, economic backgrounds, whether you want to call it diversity of sex and sexual violence, I don't know what you want to call it, but if we were to take stories from people uh, who work, women who work, women who are climbing up a ladder or not, um, but people who have to make a living, um, you're going to hear stories of how sex um, sexual pleasure, sexual favoritism, sexual stereotyping, quid pro quo, a this for a that, all of that is part of their work life. And people who've been sexually assaulted and listen to what we've been listening to, whether it's divorced from politics, instead of talking about interpretations of the Constitution, we're talking about, we're talking about gender issues and how we treat each other and, and sexual violence. 
in terms of the 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 current problem before the Judiciary Committee and and before America, I mean, you know, as I said, I listened to a lot as much as I could have uh, the other day. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people, I don't know what happened. I, I find, you know, I find, certainly find Dr. Ford's testimony very credible. Very, very riveting. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and on the other hand, um, you know, there's no corroboration, uh, on, you know, and, and I know that, uh, Judge Kavanaugh said, well, you know, her people, she said, were there, refuted it. That wasn't actually what they did, but, and, and I'm not going to get into, to the details there, but, um, you know, how Jill, or Jill, um, Lindy Korn, how am I, what can you tell me based on your experience? How can I evaluate these? I mean, there, there have been cases in the past of, uh, you know, false accusations and they're very, you know, I mean, they've been cited over and over again, uh, what happened at Duke and, and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. Sure. Um, and, and they, they come in, but, you know, they're, and they're the poster child on the, on the right for what this is. You know, they're saying, well, this is just not a case of that. To be, and, to be and fair. And other I people think. are saying, no, it's a, it's, it's this, and they're very credible accusations over here. It's like Bill Cosby or something else. Yeah. And this is, you know, you just don't know which this is. Based on your experience, how can I, you know, how can I evaluate? Well, the testimony the other day. Well, I mean, this is a, it's a matter of evaluating one's judgment. Just pretend you were a juror when you're watching this. Um, and whatever the FBI may provide some other information. But you have to look and see what, what, what little facts don't connect. It's not necessarily the big picture. But when someone's talking and they say something and then there's fact checking, and indeed they have not told the truth about something. Um, those little mistruths, if indeed mm-hmm. they are, and I do not know. I'm, I'm not, you know, evaluating this case. I'm not with the FBI. I don't know. But I do know credibility is assessed like baby steps. So there was a woman, uh, Liz Swisher, I believe her name is, who, uh, was, I believe on the Don Lemon show. I'm not sure. But she was talking about, there were certain, she went to Yale with, uh, Judge Kavanaugh. And she was saying that, Forget she doesn't know anything about the sexual assault piece, but she does know that there were certain statements he made about his behavior regarding drinking, his behavior about, you know, going to parties. And and she said she would have stayed on the sideline, but he didn't he wasn't credible to her. That's something you have to evaluate. I see. Listen, we have to take a break now, but when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about this testimony uh, and, and specifically about some of those facts, some of the questioning uh, of uh, Dr. Kavanaugh, uh, Dr. Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh. Um, we have to take a break now. Uh, when we come back, again, we'll be sitting here with Jill O'Malley, Lindy Korn, and Bill, uh, what's his name, the guy from Tonawanda, Bill, uh, Bill Conrad. Bill Conrad, double secret probation. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here. Sitting with uh, my uh, guest co-host, uh, probationer Bill Conrad, Lindy Korn, attorney, and uh, Jill uh, Jill O'Malley, uh, president of the Kenton School Board, also a biology professor at SUNY Erie, uh, formerly known as ECC. Listen, one of our, our texters uh, uh, called, or called in, texted in, 
took uh, uh, took uh, umbrage with uh, with talking about uh, uh, Judge Kavanaugh's temperament, saying he's not uh, suited. I I, I got to tell you, a lot of people said, well, you know, you would have behaved that way too if you were innocent and you were attacked and you would have been indignant. And and I agree. Like, well, I mean, if the, I were, is, isn't if, the mantra you know it, innocent before proven well, guilty? Well, you know, well, right? if if I were. If that were me and uh, it, I had done nothing, I would be upset. But I got to tell you, you go back and you look at what Clarence Thomas did. His opening remarks uh, before, after he had been accused by Anita Hill, and you watch that, was is very much the same thing. He said, this is a travesty. And he was upset. But he carried, I think, he carried his indignation a lot better than Judge Kavanaugh. He yes. kept under control. I think Judge Kavanaugh lost it. And it wasn't only in his opening statement, which was just bizarre going after the Clintons and going after yeah. this. I mean, that's okay if you're a senator or, or you know, a, a councilman in Tonawanda or whatever. Sure. But you can't do that. No. You can't do that if you want to sit on the highest court of the land. Because it is and a then, court of public opinion at and, this point, right? And then, yes. And then, uh, you know, the answer to some of those questions and do you like to drink, Senator? Did you ever black out? During your, that just wasn't the way... Yeah, you know, if, and, and Jill, if, you talked about yeah. being a job interview. If that was a job interview, and I'm looking at this guy for my court, I'm saying no. I mean, if that was the only thing, and I know there are a lot of other things out there, but I just, I just think, like I say, Clarence Thomas handled it a lot better, and that's not to take a position on whether Clarence Thomas or Anita Hill was Although telling if, the truth, because I don't know. If you look back at his comments, I think one of the things he said, this is a high-class lynching or something. Yeah, was yeah, something yes, that, well, he talked I mean? about, he talked about, he played the race card. He talked about, you know, the way you treat uh, high-tech lynching. He, he mentioned the way you treat uppity blacks for deigning to, you know, think for themselves or whatever. Yeah, he was, but it, it was a... It, it, it was it very it, effective. It, it, I thought it was very effective on Clarence sure. Thomas's part. Um, Jill, uh, you wanted to talk about locker rooms. <laughs> well, that's a great segue. That, that is a great segue. <laughs> I, I like Here, that. You, you, that. You should be around for the breaks. Uh, she's, she's just chomping at the bit, wanting to talk about locker rooms. You, you've been uh, in a few. Well, I have, yes. I used to work as a trainer. Um, started in, for the SU men's hockey team back in undergrad, and then um, as a chiropractor, worked here with the Buffalo Gladiators and spent a lot of time working as a trainer for football and hockey teams. And I would say that I have probably a pretty high threshold for what is offensive to me. Um, I know that I chose to be in that environment, um, but everybody has personal boundaries. And I think that's, you know, at the heart of what we get at. Um, you know, you want to teach your, your children um, I, I want to teach my sons that no means no, and I want to teach my daughter what is acceptable for her body, and that's where the boundary lies. You know, I, I do believe that something uh, happened to this woman. I, I would agree with that. I, as to he said, she said, I, I guess it's all just really speculation. But my, my thought is that, you know, everybody has their own boundaries. And Well, well, Lindy, let me ask you. I remember after the Clarence Thomas Anita Hill brush up, I mean, that's the first time I ever heard the phrase sexual harassment. Uh, and I think it was that way for a lot of people in America. Um, and, and we learned a lot about that after that. And, and as, a, as, a, as, a, as a man, as a white man, I, I said, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is kind of scary. What, you know, what are the boundaries? How do you know where there are? Because as Jill says, everybody's tolerance for this stuff is different, where something might not be as offensive to Jill, it might be more offensive to you or someone else. How do I as a guy know, you, you know? I don't think it's that difficult. Right, I uh, would agree with that. Sex is, <laughs> yeah, that's just an excuse, sorry. Well, but the point is, it's, you know, uh, 
if you it, understand, it's consent, an excuse, but it's my excuse, it's, and I'm, you're I'm interested to it, but I don't buy it. Okay. Uh, the point <laughs> is that you know, sexual harassment is about power and the abuse of power regarding the body. If someone says no and you say yes, guess what? You've crossed a line. Understood. But but when we talk about, uh, and again, we're getting away from the Kavanaugh thing. I think we're getting over more into the Anita Hill, uh, uh, Clarence Thomas thing. You know. Um, if there's if the the whole hostile workplace, um, um, it's not uh, that easy. It, it's how uh, you know. I mean, I mean, if we've all been in workplaces, and Jill says she's been in locker rooms about athletes, and there's a certain amount of sexual banter there, and and you know there there probably is a line somewhere, but it's tough to tell exactly where that line is. Well, I don't you have to draw it. That as a female, you have to draw it, and I'm not because everybody is different. What Lindy's level of acceptability I, I mean I had my mother was the only girl child so I had all uncles brothers I didn't even have a girl cousin in my family born till so that just in general being around that is a different threshold but you have to define that and I think that's where the line gets crossed if you've told somebody this is my boundary and that person repeatedly but but Lindy if someone that. if someone doesn't tell the boundary my understanding is at least coming out of Clarence Thomas and Nia Hill that I should know where that boundary was and if I'm no. the employer first of all it happens everywhere yeah whether it's whether it's a church whether it's a, a a college, whether sure. the Supreme Court, yes. a courthouse. This is about, you know, communication, and uh, it's Look, about whether wait, something's severe I'll, I'll or pervasive. I'll tell you what. We have to take a break because Neil McManus is standing uh, by with news uh, uh, headlines, bottom of the hour, and he'll get really mad if we, we go on longer. But, we'll, we'll, Lindy, we'll start with you after the break. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And, and thank you for Joe Beamer for at least being awake and telling me that uh, we're coming back because I almost missed that. Uh, Joe, congratulations, by the way, on yesterday, big Virginia Tech victory. He's given us the thumbs up. Um, uh, well, uh, developments uh, during the break. Uh, uh, Bill, uh, uh, Bill Conrad's probation is going to be extended because now he's egging on the guests. I am not getting them, Getting them all riled up <laughs> and turning on me. Uh, they, they came out of their own volition. What you're about to hear is Attorney Lindy Corn and Bill has has got her all uh, uh, jacked up, and she 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 wants to say something. And much I, I of this much Kev, of this is directed at me. I said Kevin should be on probation. Yes, you did. I agree. But but Lindy, you wanted we, we yeah. you, you had something you I wanted did. to say before the break, yeah. and unfortunately I, that that bad man Neil McManus had to come in with the news. Yeah, I wanted to say that for a sexual harassment case to be something that's viable is very difficult. It has to be something that is severe or pervasive. It has to, You have to have a lot of facts. You have to be able to prove them. Plaintiffs are disbelieved all the time. Uh, this is not something that, you know, uh, some conversation about, gee, I don't know what's consensual or not. No, you know. And I'm saying that the fear that you are, we are hearing now from, from if we're going to make this a gender war, the fear we're hearing from men is because there's something behind their questioning perhaps their past uh, or their present. Um, the point of the matter is, you know, if a woman says no, if a woman complains, it's hard to complain. And There's a lot of blame and shame, just like we're seeing here, just like we saw with Anita Hill. I think Anita Hill should be on the Supreme Court. And, and, and again, what I was talking about before the break was when 
the woman doesn't say no. And in the case of hostile work environment, you know, there's some sexual uh, banter in the workplace. I mean, I think we've all been around that. Um, and, and no one says anything and all of a sudden come in and there's a suit, but you're telling me during the break that that just doesn't happen. No, it does not. Okay. That's important. Um, listen, after we're, we're, we're going to talk for a couple more minutes, but after the break, um, uh, last 10 minutes or so of this hour, we will take some phone calls. So if you want to start lining up, 803-0930 is the number to call 803-0930. Bill, do you feel better about what you've heard today? Uh, as 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 a as a man on probation, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm qualified to speak. Uh, on let this, me let know? me put that in context. He's not on probation for anything other than his actions on hardline. Thank you. Asking a guest out for the breakfast and not inviting. Linda was said she'd represent me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, there you go. I felt it might come to this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Are um, I, I I mean like like me? You're a you're a guy. You're you know you 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 had to have questions about what's going on and uh, oh, absolutely and i mean the first thing that sh- you know comes into mind is the the distance of this time you know the, you know we talk about what's credible in court and what isn't uh you know you, you get into these conversations with people uh how difficult it is for a woman to come forward under this type of duress i've had i mean we were talking uh during the break that you know i bartended or i bounced at a bar and i saw all terrible types of things going on and in the conversation you know is we want to be able to give people that have been through this power to come forward. But, you know, one of the questions I I keep coming back to is, uh, is this just political? Is this to make the GOP, you know, look bad? You know, I don't know. What's your thoughts? I think that because of the Me Too, hashtag Me Too movement and Time's Up, Mm -hmm. I think that there's a groundswell for the very first time. um, And, and, you know, to some degree, I'd say, what have we learned from Anita Hill? Um, And the thing is that women are now feeling that they have a chance to be heard and be believed. And that's quite precious in the history of this country. You know, Bill, you mentioned is this political? And and a number of the texters texting in make the point, you know, well, what about Clinton? What about Keith Ellis? And what about the Democrats? And and the point that needs to be made is, yeah, I mean, they should get the same same scrutiny as as Judge Kavanaugh is. Of course, that, that's not an excuse either way. Those no. those people, if they're accused of right. these things, and and in the past, uh, in the past, of course, um, they've been given a pass by some of the same people who are going after Judge Kavanaugh, and that's hypocrisy. And but. There's enough hypocrisy to go around on both sides. Absolutely. There's, that that point needs to be made. Yeah, right, but there's Jill? an assumption that um, people who we, we all supported Bill Clinton and we're turning a blind eye here. And that's that's just frankly not true. And one of the other th- points that comes up is the timing of this. And I, I really just whether it's political maligning or not, one thing is certain. If I have a sexual harassment in my background, Maybe I keep that to myself for whatever reason. I've moved on. I don't want to discuss it. But if that person is going to become in a position of power where they will have dominion over some of these things, I I think that's what is pushing the timing of this. I really do believe that. I think also going along with that is what are we teaching our daughters and sons? Um, You know, teenage sexual harassment is a horrific problem. Um, because if, if adults find it hard to complain, you can imagine when someone goes in for the first time and they're, they're young and people there are people who are addicted to youth and sexual harassment. So th- there are messages uh, about I, uh, I, I I called for calls after the break. We're not to the break yet, but I am going to take one call. It's uh, my uh, one of my guests from last week, Bob Klump, uh, who is uh, 
pre-law advisor at uh, at Canisius College, a, a colleague of mine, and a a uh, past guest on this show. Bob, uh, welcome back to the program. I didn't think I, I'd be hearing from you this soon. Well, I'm here, Kevin. You're good to know you're awake. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you obviously you want to weigh in on this. Yeah. Uh, and my question has to do with, uh, and I might direct it toward uh, Lindy or your other guest, or both of them, for mm-hmm. the with respect to uh, Ms. Katz, who is the attorney for, uh, for Dr. Ford, and she's a well-known sexual harassment uh, uh, specialist herself. And, Kevin, to your point that it may well be that uh, Judge Kavanaugh's response at the hearing to the accusations in terms of alleging the Clinton connection was intemperate, but there's certainly some reality behind it because Ms. Katz is a longtime Democratic donor. And more to the point, she has Clinton connections. And going back to 1998, she, who is now, who is now advising Dr. Ford, said with respect to Paula Jones's accusations against Bill Clinton, I'm quoting here, she said back in 1998, clearly a one-time incident that took place in 10 to 12 minutes, Paula Jones was not forced to have sex. She left on her own volition. The courts increasingly are finding it is not enough to create a sexually hostile work environment claim. So the question I would have for your guests is, do you think that uh, the same standard we're seeking to apply now, if we were to apply it to, let's say, Bill Clinton, did Paula Jones, Kathleen Willey, Juanita Brock, mm-hmm. did they deserve this, this new presumption of, uh, of truth that we seem to be investing in, uh, in the... Bob, Bob, thank you for th- thank you for making that point. I think it's one that I kind of tried to uh, circle around, but I think you've done a much better job of it, Lindy. Your your response. Um, I I am not going to say that uh, this is a purely political issue. You know what? We're learning as we go along. We didn't learn much from Indiana Hill, but here it is again. So where there's a pattern, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or you're an independent or you're a conservative. I don't care what your political uh, background is. It's about judgment. And to be on the Supreme Court of the United States, you have to have good judgment. And the treatment of women and women, women who have... Uh, who prove that they have been assaulted and they have been harassed and they have been touched in an unwelcome fashion. All of those women everywhere should be heard. And if men are innocent, if, if it's a male-female thing, then then, they, then the case will fail. So, you know, to say, isn't, is it one standard? Yes, there's one standard. Yes, it should be applied equally. And every case depends on the specifics. But right now we're talking about a, a job interview for the Supreme Court of the United States. I want Anita Hill. <laughs> Bob, Bob, thank you for calling. We're up against a break. Uh, when we return, we'll take more of your phone calls. If, uh, if Tim Wenger is listening, I want to apologize to him for breaking his station. I think the text board has exploded today. The phone lines are exploding. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen this much volume, at least when I've been in here. Uh, perhaps we should uh, schedule another show for this. But uh, we'll try to do the best we can in the uh, in the 15 minutes left in this show. And then uh, then it'll be on to boring Stefan Mihailu, uh, you know, <laughs> who, by the way, brought donuts. He's here. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes uh, after these spots. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. <laughs> and 
that's uh, that's that's Joe Beamer wants it to be the official Buffalo Bill song, right? This is this is alternative pregame show for the Buffalo Bills. This was actually Neil McManus's call. This was Neil McManus. It wants to be Allentown, as in Josh Allen. That's right. right. Yeah, I think you know when you have to explain it. I'm not sure it works, but um, I don't think you had to explain. Bill's it. game coming up. We've got a few more minutes here with uh, Bill Conrad, with Lindy Corn, with Jill O'Malley. Um, uh, I'm headed, by the way, if if you want to talk about this further with me, right after uh, up until kickoff, the Clean Air Coalition of Western New York has a fundraiser today, twenty five dollars. Uh, it's around the Bills game. It starts at noon. Uh, I'm probably going to leave by kickoff, but I'm headed there right after. It's at Buffalo Ironworks. 49 Illinois Street in Buffalo. Again, it starts at noon. It's $25. Good cause there. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let, yeah, let's go. Let, let, let me ask, let me ask Jill. Um, are you glad that, uh, that uh, the, uh, the Republicans agreed to an FBI investigation for a week? Is that going to answer anything or is that a good, good sign? Is that going to pull people together? Do you think they're going to find anything? Well, I don't know. I mean, I really, if you look at, um, people's view of the FBI and their investigations, maybe there isn't that feeling of warm, fuzzy love and neutrality. That we there. don't trust the FBI? I, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be Fox I, Mulder or anything. Yeah, no. I, I, well, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Tony and Clarence. Tony, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Yeah, good morning. Uh, first of all, the important thing to remember is Senator Patrick Leahy asked, uh, asked this board, uh, what was the one thing she remembered during the entire process of her being uh, nearly raped? And that was the laughter of the two men in the room at her expense. Now, that is something that is indelible in her mind. She even talked about hypothalamus and all that, that she remembered this as an indelible mark, that they laughed at her expense. And by the way, this Kavanaugh guy lied about three or four other things during the hearing, hearings, including material that was stolen from Patrick Leahy uh, and other people that he used. He also remembered that this hearings were a sham, that Republicans would not allow the, the information that was when he was the uh, secretary to the president about torture. This guy is a liar. And he's a drunk. Tony, does it, does it, uh, some people have pointed out uh, to your point about Dr. Ford remembering certain things that she didn't remember other things, that she didn't remember how she got there, how she got home, et, et cetera. Does that, does that bother you or does that say anything to you? She was at a country club. She talked about that. There was enough there to talk that would indict this man in any hearing. Ask the lady that you have on if it's a certain memory that a person has as they're being mm-hmm. sexually assaulted. Doesn't matter. Ask her. Ask okay, I, I I will do that. Tony, thank you for the call. Well, we let, call let, those let, flashbulb memories, right? What's that? I'm sorry. Uh, we call those flashbulb memories. You know, you were something. Says, tra- says the biologist right. uh, so from you, SUNY Erie. Yes, yeah, you, Jill O'Malley. So you you recall those things? I mean, we all remember where we were on September 11th when we heard the news. Do you mm-hmm. remember what you ate for breakfast that day or what you were wearing? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are going to be things that stand out and are ingrained in you know, our memories associated with those traumatic moments, but we're not going to recall every single detail. Okay, let's go back to the phones to John and Rochester. John, welcome to the program. Thanks for holding. Hey, Kevin. I got to say, both their testimonies, I thought, were very creditable. 
credible. Yes. The thing that bothers me is that uh, she had no corroboration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that kind of bothers it, The other issue, too, is she her political viewpoints are, are very left, and uh, she's a psychi- psychologist. And I'm wondering... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 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 by that token, his are very right, and and it really shouldn't matter what your political viewpoints are. But you're right about her not having corroboration. It would have been really really nice if her lifelong friend, you know, who she identified as being there, had said, "Yeah, uh, the party happened, and I remember some things about that." But um, but but I, I I'm sure we'll 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 throw it around the table, and someone will point out, and I I think it's a good point that well. That was not a remarkable night for the friend, and you know you, it was just one of many parties. But if you were, if this happened to you, you would remember that. I mean, I, I I've heard both sides, which leaves me probably where you are, John. Which I don't know what happened. Well, well, right. The other the thing that bothers me also, I'm just wondering if she did a great acting job. Mm-hmm. Psychologist, uh, well educated. She could have been. Uh, well, uh, I, let, I I think because of her political beliefs. She might think this is a big, uh, she wants to defuse uh, mm-hmm. nomination for the good of the country. You know? All right, John, we're running running short on time, so I'm going to have to let you go. Thanks for bringing that point, and I'll let Lindy Korn respond to it. Yeah, I understand you and the other caller are like potential jurors, so you're both entitled to your the way you analyze things you know. But there's a lot we don't know. That's why we need the investigation. But I just want to point out, no woman who has been assaulted wants to go on national news and media and bring forth something that they claim happened to them and that was painful. It really takes a lot of courage to do that. Uh, I I would not disagree with that. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Let's go to Rick in Chictawaga. Rick, welcome to the program. Yes, I don't recall the name of the woman guest you have there. She um, bragged about being in men's sports locker rooms. Well, 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 she was a she was a trainer. Yes, and it wasn't and so brag. much bragging. <laughs> Jill O'Malley said that yeah, she's she's been there and she was making a point. Go on, Rick. Well, that's pretty much all I wanted to clarify just exactly what was she doing hanging around in men's locker rooms. And that wasn't hanging around. Um, if you notice, if you watch any athletic events, there are women trainers that are there to attend to injuries that the athletes may have. Um, women have been on the sidelines actually for many, many years, and uh, women have been practicing medicine for even longer than that. So that was actually my job was to respond to athletic injuries. I wasn't hanging around the locker room. Yeah. That okay, Rick? All right, uh, that was that was Rick uh, on the locker room. Listen, we uh, well let's uh, let let's let's go to this. Let's go to uh, one more phone call. Try to squeeze one in. Marcus in Middleport. Marcus, welcome to the program. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Okay, I have a question. That there's there's women that would go and testify falsely against people, and um, I'm not going to speak from a different aspect. You throw in a, a racial component. I'm African American. Mm-hmm. Last last 100 years. We've had pogroms in this country by the mere, somebody accused of rape, Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. Rosa, Florida, Fairfax, Virginia, all over the country. And you look at even the story of Emmett Lewis, all mm-hmm. he did was smile as a Caucasian woman. You see the before and after his picture, and they said mm-hmm. he was molested, he was shot, stabbed, throat cut, face kicked in, and he, he was still alive and they drowned him. And a woman just said late earlier this year, late last. Mar- Marcus, the, 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 th- thank you for bringing that up. We only have about a minute left in the program, and I want to squeeze in uh, a comment from Lindy on that. Lindy, a good point. 
Yes, I mean, this is bringing up uh, issues of, of, of equality and uh, everybody's voice needs to be heard. This is not something you rush through. Uh, we need more information, uh, in my opinion. I don't think there should be a narrowly confined investigation. I think we need information, we need facts. We need to judge, we need more. We don't know enough. I, I, I think you, you, you sense on the panel today, I think you sense certainly on the, the texters and the callers, um, frustration, frustration with the process, frustration with where we are. And I, I don't know whether we re resolved anything today or not in this quick hour. Uh, but I am uh, pleased that you were here because I think it's going to take more discussions like this, and maybe we'll do this again in the not-too-distant future. So I want to thank my guests uh, this, uh, this first hour, Lindy Korn, attorney, uh, Jill O'Malley, biology professor at uh, SUNY Erie and uh, president of the Kenton School Board. And I even want to thank probationer uh, uh, Bill Conrad. Thanks. Uh, we got the news now. When we come back, uh, it's Stefan Mahailu for the next hour. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.